Our theme song was a country song. It was Heads Carolina, Tails California. I had just turned 17 a few weeks earlier, and my friend Ben and I had saved up about 300 bucks each. We wanted to go somewhere on spring break before both of us went off to college and didn't see each other for a while. We just didn't know where to go. We couldn't ask Google because there was no Google. We had to rely on those tough-to-read, tougher-to-fold-up maps. But we decided we were going to go to North Carolina or South Carolina or maybe Georgia, probably not Florida, definitely not Cuba. Spring break started the week before Easter, and we both had to be back for Easter because I was a disciple in the drama and he was a soldier. So we set out with 600 bucks between the both of us, a trusty map, and the nagging knowledge that we had no idea where we were going or when or where we were stopping. We finally made it to a city in North Carolina from Ohio about 2 o'clock in the morning. We were road-weary, ready for some sleep, and we pulled into a motel, not a hotel, a motel. Walked into the lobby with our stuff, and the man behind the desk asked, How old are you? Now, Ben was a veteran 17. I was a rookie 17. Those are completely responsible, reasonable ages to be 500 miles away from home with a little cash, no credit cards, and very little knowledge on how to fix the truck if it broke down. We were ready for the key and some sleep, not really ready for an interrogation. But the man behind the desk told us that we had to be 18 years old to check into a room. That might be a problem. If we could just wait another six months in the lobby, Ben would turn 18, we could have a room. But we begged him, he wouldn't budge. We tried to joke with him, he wouldn't budge. Finally, I told him, hey, my dad has his own business, he has an 800 number, you don't even have to pay for long distance, you can call him right now, he'll answer, service tech, and he will tell you we're good kids, we come in peace, we'll leave everything in the room in one piece, we're not going to party, we just want sleep. And I'm, I'm sure he did too. So against his better judgment and motel policy, he gave us a room, we gave him the money. That's the only time I ever sat out on a drive with no idea where I was going, or where I was stopping. Our story sounds a little bit like Abraham's story, except Abraham wasn't going on vacation. He was packing up his stuff, he was heading out, and he was never coming back. A good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Father Abraham on Simplify. Abraham had not yet been upgraded. His name was still Abram. He was 75 years old when God first spoke to him. Abram didn't have the benefit of the Bible. The day started off like any other day. Abram woke up, slipped on his robe and slippers, grabbed a cup of coffee, and began flipping through the Ur today. The headline story focused on adding another god to Ur's burgeoning pantheon of gods. And the slightly less prominent story focused on trying to find another name for Ur today. Somewhere between the time Abram's feet hit the floor in the morning until his head hit the pillow at night, Abram had an encounter with God. God spoke to him and said, Abram. That's how I envisioned God's voice sounding. Abram, it's time to leave home and start walking, and you'll stop when I tell you. And if you do, I will bless you, and I'll bless everybody who blesses you. Now, since we do have the blessed benefit of the Bible, we know God promised Abe and Sarah a son, but the first time God spoke to him in Genesis 12, there's no mention Abram would ever be a dad. He would love to have had a son, but he's already 75. The son is already set on their childbearing and child-rearing years. It's just him and his sweet Sarai from here on out. They're more of a Mini Cooper family than they would ever be a minivan family, and that's okay. 
They've come to grips with that. There's also no record of God ever speaking to Sarai, just Abram. So how would you sell that to Sarai, who's been the head brownie baker for the Ur Middle School Band Bake Sales for the last seven years? And yet, somehow, Abram sold it. Sarai, you'll never guess what just happened. You get kicked by your mule again? No, 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 here, here, let me help you pack our bags. We're going to get out of here, honey. We're leaving Ur. Why? I like Ur. I've been the head brownie baker for the Ur Middle School Band Bake Sales for the last seven years. Where are we going? I don't know. God just made me a promise. If we leave Ur, he will bless us. And through us, every family on the earth will be blessed. Can you believe that? You did get kicked again. No, no, really. God promised me he would bless us if, if we just obey him. So Abram and Sarai gathered their servants, their animals, their stuff. Abram's troubled nephew, Lot. And they started walking with no idea where they were headed. Or for how long. It could be a day. It could be a decade. They made it as far as the city of Shechem where they set up camp, and once again God met with Abram. This time God said more. To your descendants, I will give this land. Oh, that's music to his ears. God promised him land, but more than that, God promised him a baby. He was going to be a dad. He was going to have descendants. The first time I heard we were going to have a baby, I was 26 years old. We'd been married for just over five years, and the lovely Andrea let me know our family of two was about to become a family of three. We were so excited. It's one thing to have a baby in your 20s. Everybody's thrilled. It's another thing altogether to have a baby in your 70s. Everybody's worried. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of caffeine for a 77-year-old to keep up with a two-year-old, but Abram was excited because they didn't have any children, but they were about to. So he went right to work building a bassinet. Sarai went right to work sewing a baby blanket. But God did not give them a due date. I'm sure they thought their baby would be born right away. They cleared a little more space in their tent for a baby. And then one year passed, and another, and another, and another. And some of the servants around them were throwing baby showers and even borrowing their bassinet. That baby blue baby blanket was getting faded from all the years in the sun. They were using it as a furniture pad when they moved from one camp to the next. And finally, a decade passed. Still no baby. And Genesis 16 opens with one of the most difficult verses for Abram and Sarai to live through. Scripture reads, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. The reporter Moses had been chronicling the story from the beginning, and he opens up Genesis 16 with a front-page headline in bold black letters, now, Sarai bore him no children. The most difficult part of keeping your faith that God will perform what he promised is the first word in Genesis 16, now. Abram could take you to the very spot in Shechem where God made him a promise that he would be a dad. He even built an altar there so he would never forget it and he could come back to it. But if you take a look now, all he has to show for his faith is a frayed furniture pad, baby blue, baby blanket and an empty bassinet. His faith that used to soar now crawls because of one word, now. I have seen now clip the wings of many saints' faith because we don't understand how God works. We don't understand God works outside of time, meaning he's not in the same hurry we are. To God, he's in the past, the present, the future. To God, it's already done. To us, it will never get done. So write this in permanent marker on paper or in your heart. Just because God hasn't performed what he promised doesn't mean he won't. It just means he hasn't yet. 
but he will. It had been ten years. Sarah and Abram weren't getting any younger. They still didn't have a baby. Some of the servants were starting to talk. They were starting to wonder. Maybe God wants us to help him out. So Abram sired a son named Ishmael with Sarai's young, pretty servant, Hagar. But God said what he meant and meant what he said when he said Abram would have a son, and he would have that son with Sarai. He didn't need Abram's help, just his faith. Faith can be a tricky tightrope. We can fall off either side. Sometimes we confuse laziness with faith. God makes us a promise, and we do nothing thinking God will do everything. Sometimes we call that waiting on God, but God is waiting on us to do what we can, and he will do what we can't. If God promised that he's going to save your family, don't just wait. Pray. Share your testimony of God's goodness with them, and then watch God save them. If God promised he'll provide for you, don't just wait for the phone to ring. Pray about where to go, put in applications, go to the interviews, and trust God to order your steps to provide what he promised. Abram didn't have that problem. He fell off the tightrope on the other side. He tried to speed God along. He and Sarai were supposed to have a bouncing baby boy, but he got impatient after waiting for 11 years, so he stepped off the tightrope of faith and had a son with another woman. Her name was Hagar, and she gave him a son named Ishmael. Ishmael's the father of the Arab nations. Isaac is the father of the Jewish nation, and they're still family feuding 4,000 years later. Be very careful trying to speed God along. Do what you know to do. Do what God tells you to do in his written word, through his preached word, through your devotion. God will perform what he promised on time, every time, even if it's well past our time. More time had passed, and Abram's 99 years old by now. God has blessed him, changed his name to Abraham, changed Sarai's name to Sarah. And like salt in a gaping wound, God reminded Abraham of the promise he made him 24 years earlier. And Abraham LOL'd. If gotta be kidding, I'm a century. Sarah's almost at 75. It was a stretch at 99. It's okay, God. And Abraham began to bargain with God. I've got Ishmael. He's a good boy. Let him be the golden boy. But God was insistent. And this time he gave Abraham a gift. Long before sonograms, God told Abraham what they would have and when they would have their son. Next year, according to the time of life, you and Sarah will hold your son. And when Sarah heard that, she laughed out loud. Now, Abraham was 99, she was 90, and now they still didn't have a child together, but God was one short year away from performing on a 24-year-old promise. And here are the credentials God gave to prove he was good for it. This oft-quoted question is plastered on the plaque on God's waiting room wall. Is anything too hard for the Lord? It was written and recorded in Genesis 18 for everyone to read and remember. As you sit in the waiting room waiting for your name to be called in your time with God, take a look at the waiting room wall. You'll see those big bold letters inside that gilded frame. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I ask you the same challenging question God asked Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That was enough for Abraham to stop laughing and start believing. And he didn't have the highlight reel of God's power. We do. We've read the Bible. We see our God opens oceans and shuts lions' mouths. He dances in fire. He touches lepers. He heals the sick. He forgives sinners. He makes the lame walk. He makes the mute speak. He makes the deaf hear. He makes the dead breathe. He puts coins in fishes' mouths. He turns water to wine and sack lunches into megachurch banquets. He stills storms with his word. He walks on water. Remember what Abraham forgot. 
Our God is God. He opens prison doors. He saves prison guards. He saves thieves. He saves tax collectors. He saves prostitutes. He saves centurions. He healed a woman who was sick for 12 years. He healed a man who was lame for 38 years. He healed a man who was blind from birth. He healed a man who was lame from birth. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He walked up a hill and down into hell and walked out of a grave three days later with the keys of hell and death. No matter what you've waited on or how long you've waited, I ask you what God asked Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Let's pray. Let's ask ourselves that question as we pray. Whatever you're waiting on, whatever God promised, no matter how difficult or impossible it might seem to come to pass, if God promised it, he will perform it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Dear Jesus, we love you. Help us to see you today. Help us to see you for who you are. You're the almighty God. You're the everlasting Father. You are outside of time. You will never be late. You are always on time. I pray, help us today, God. Raise our faith. Whatever you've promised, you will perform it. You promised revival was going to come, and you are bringing it. We're seeing it. You've promised you would save families, and you would provide for us and take care of us, and we believe you're going to do exactly what you have promised. I ask you today, Jesus, to help us, help our faith. As we read your word, as we hear your word, as we study your word, as we meditate on your word, help us to see what you did before you will do again and even more. I ask you today, raise our faith to see that you kept your word to Abraham. You will keep your word to us. We love you. We trust you. We believe you. And we know nothing is too hard for you. In the precious, powerful name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, Simplify listeners. Be sure to subscribe and share. And you'll never miss an episode, and neither will any of your friends. If they need to hear this encouraging word, please share it with them. Let them know that God keeps his promises. He will always keep his word. Please share this episode with them. Also, I've got some great resources to tell you about. You head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. Use promo code SIMPLIFY. It is a one-use promo code, so if you've used it before, sorry, can't use it again. But if you have not yet used it before, then use it to get 10% off your entire order, including... Simplify the devotional that launched this podcast and 10 Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments, both books I've written to help increase your faith and help you as you walk with Jesus and your discipleship with him to know what the scripture says and how we live it out in our daily life. Head over to PentecostalPublishing.com or Amazon or Paragraphs Bookstore in Mount Vernon, Ohio, charming bookstore at the corner of South Main and East Ohio. You can find signed copies of both Simplify and 10 Words. Over the last month, month and a week, I have been able to travel a little bit, and in my travel, I have met many of you who have told me that Simplify has been a blessing to you. I want to say thank you. You have told me that it's blessed you, but you have blessed me. Thank you for allowing Simplify to be part of your devotional walk. Certainly, it's not the whole of it, but thank you for allowing it to be a part of it and helping you walk closer with Jesus. It's a great honor. I would love to hear if there's anything I can do on the devotional side of things to be a blessing and a help to you. Please reach out to me. You'll find me on Facebook at lj.harry. You'll also find me on Instagram or Twitter, LJ and Andrea, L J A N D A N D R E A. Or you can email me at ljandandrea at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and let me know what Simplify is doing for you and how I can do something through Simplify to bless you or bless your family. Next week, we continue our walk through this book of beginnings 
I want to share with you more of this story. I want to share with you a devotion called Give and Take. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.